Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Sense program. I'm Bill Miller. Today, we're going to take a look at the state of journalism in the United States and get a feel for what we've experienced and what we might experience in the future. My guest today is an expert on this topic. Claire Marie Regan is the 106th president of the Society of Professional Journalists. She has more than 30 years of newsroom experience in reporting, editing, design, and management. She recently semi-retired from her hometown newspaper in Staten Island, New York, called the Staten Island Advance. Claire Marie Regan, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Thank you, Bill. Glad to be here. I appreciate you being with me. Let's jump right into this. You are the 106th president of the Society of Professional Journalists, uh, SPJ, we'll say for short. What exactly is the SPJ? Uh, when was it formed? Why was it formed? What does it do? Wow. It's, uh, yes, it's an organization that's been around since 1909. Uh, it started at DePaul University in Indiana. And uh, it was a fraternity at first and evolved into an organization of journalists. Um, and it's a broad-based journalism organization. We welcome, obviously, professional journalists, but also student journalists, communications people, uh, public relations people, anybody who is a communicator and wants to get together and have some solidarity and networking. Okay, that sounds like a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And viewers, viewers can go to spj.org to get more information on what you're about. And mm-hmm. if you're if they're interested, uh, perhaps join the organization. Now, you you're the president for one year, as I recall, and you go out at the end of September. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And so you'll have a new president coming in. What exactly was your function this year as president? What What did you do? Well, I guess, uh, first of all, we are an organization of volunteers. Um, uh-huh. I'm president of SPJ as a volunteer, and uh, I'm national president, but we have a very complex structure for our membership with uh, chapters uh, across the country in every state, and we have, uh, those are professional chapters. We also have student chapters on college campuses, and then we have regional coordinators who are 12 different regions who supervise the chapters and you go up another level to the national board. We have nine members on the national board. And uh, so I I, uh, I served at, at the local level in New York City here for the Deadline Club. Since 1995, I, I've been involved in the Deadline Club, which is a New York City chapter of SPJ. And I really sort of was laser focused on Deadline Club until a couple of years ago, after serving as its president for a few years, I took a shot at the national board and I, I won as our at-large director. Then I uh, proceeded to uh, president-elect and then president. So yes, I have a one-year term 
uh, our officers have one year terms. There's a lot of turnover and it's it's actually great. It gives a lot of people a chance to to uh, put their leadership skills to work for the organization. It certainly, it certainly does. Yes. And I, full disclosure, I'm a member of the Society of Professional Journalists. So That's great. I've been for many years. But let's focus on your membership. And uh, one thing that you did I found to be different. Now, maybe it wasn't. I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But one thing you did was you reached out to members and set up phone conversations with them to just really brainstorm a bit, kind of talk about what's on their minds, that type of thing. And what what were some of the topics or major topics that came up or what were some of the items of importance that uh, that uh, members wanted to talk about and bring to your attention so that uh, you could focus on them or perhaps get some direction on which way to go? Um, yeah, I mean, as SPJ National President, I'm I'm sort of the CEO of the organization. But again, as a volunteer, we have a staff, a paid staff of 10 uh, they're based in Indianapolis. So um, as pre- as volunteer president, yeah, my my goal and every president's goal of SPJ is to reach out to the membership. We have over 4,100 members. And so I, um, you know, we had the pandemic, which uh, impacted our, uh, about getting together. We weren't, haven't been able to get together, but we're starting to resume that now. And uh, in the interim, you know, Zoom became a really powerful tool. So I decided as president to reach out to the members. I'd set up some Zoom or phone office hours. So uh, twice a week, I am available for any member, any of our 4,100 members to uh, set up an appointment so we can have a chat. And it's been a wonderful experience for me. I've met many journalists I probably wouldn't have met um, through these office hours. Um, We have wonderful chats on the phone. A lot of it is about... um, career advice uh, and, you know, what's next for me in this changing media landscape? Uh, What do you think of this idea uh, I have for my career? So it's really sort of, um, you know, networking and career advice, which I'm, I'm happy to give. And and that's what a lot of what SPJ is about. Mm -hmm. Now you've, you've been involved in the profession for over 30 years, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes over those 30 years. What are some of the major changes that have taken place in the journalistic field? Well, I've been, I've really focused my career as a print journalist. You know, um, I stayed at the same news organization, the Staten Island Advance, as you mentioned, for my entire uh, newspaper career, actually. Um, but I saw, and I, I evolved with the, with the company as we went through different technology upgrades and um, but, you know, I also I, I learned to curate news from print to web. And um, so I, I really lived through a lot of the changes and uh, learned along the way. And that was, you know, that was a plus for staying at the same organization all those years. And um, and in my own hometown communities, my hometown newspaper, which is also a bonus, lots of connections, lots of sources and uh, lots of outreach. So yeah, I mean technology, of course. And today, the biggest challenge is uh, is employment and and layoffs and the instability of of our um, profession. And and uh, I mean there are opportunities out there. They're just uh, they're changing, and it's not the standard traditional roles anymore. But it's the same skills. So skill building is still important, and we do a lot of that at SPJ. Yeah, do you find that the 
younger people you're working with in your chapters and uh, your student groups and that type of thing, are they aware of how dramatic that the whole landscape has changed and is going to change even more in the future, especially with AI, with uh, the use of social media, and those types of things? Oh, definitely. I mean, social media, you know, has pluses and minuses for journalists, mostly pluses. I mean, that's how a lot of journalists uh, get their scoops, you know, and find out and make connections, find out about different um, news. But I and the, and that's how they keep in touch with each other and their readers and viewers. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are also some perils with social media, as we all know. And I'm, I am a journalism professor, so we always include that in our curriculum. Um, to me, one of the the biggest challenges of social media is how it's impacted writing skills. I mean, you know, um, I see college students, they sort of now write as though they're texting. And, um, you know, the profession of journalism, uh, that, that doesn't work. So it's a challenge for us in the college classroom to uh, help our students differentiate between texting and, and reporting or writing. <laughs> There is a difference. <laughs> it's very important, no doubt about it. Well, in your classroom, what are some of the major issues that you deal with? Do you do you deal with freedom of the press? We've oh, yeah. seen that there is a there's a systematic effort to suppress the press in many areas of the world, and even in the United States uh, to some degree. We've got other issues of DEI, diversity, equality, and inclusion. We've got uh, again this onslaught of social media and artificial intelligence. But what are some of the major issues you're dealing with that are discussed in the classroom? And what are some of the suggestions on how to deal with them? Oh, certainly freedom of the press is a cornerstone of my courses that I teach. And um, I, I actually created a course called Dying to Tell the Story, which is inspired by a journalist uh, named Dan Eldon who was killed as he was reporting on a mob, uh, um, a mob protest. He was stoned to death with several other photojournalists. He was working for Reuters. So uh, his, his, his death inspired this course. And we, we learn all about the, the perils that journalists face across the world, um, you know, beyond the United States. Of course, we have our own perils here, but um, in the countries where there is no freedom of press of the press, and um, journalists face really intense uh, challenges just to do their jobs. So this this is just an enlightening course for American students who don't really who don't realize and maybe take for granted what we have here um, with freedom of the press in the United States. And it's really you know it's enlightening for them to see what other countries don't have and how many journalists have sacrificed their freedom or their lives just to get the job done and tell a story. So we explore, we use the uh, CPJ Committee to Protect Journalists uh, data. We look at that a lot. They do a great job of tracking uh, journalists who have kidnapped, injured, killed, um, country by country. So um, we sort of pair up with that data in the course. And, you know, raising awareness is is really important when you're teaching college students, raising their awareness. It certainly is. There's no doubt about it. And the freedom of the press is so important. It really is absolutely critical, uh, not only to us, but to people in other parts of the world. Yet it, there is a, just a massive effort around the world to suppress 
the media and to try to get them to fall into line to report what a particular government or, or a strong person wants them to, to, to report, that type of thing. But one group, you mentioned uh, some of the groups that have been supportive. One is the UNESCO, the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization. That is a major United Nations agency, and they've been in the forefront of promoting world free press for for decades now, as far back as I can remember. You just went to a an event, did you not, long ago, not too long ago, over in yeah. New York. You got on the ferry, I guess, went, went across. But uh, what exactly was that event that was put on by UNESCO and what came out of it? Yeah, I was uh, I was cordially invited to um, as SPJ president to attend the um, a luncheon uh, hosted by the Association of Foreign Press Correspondents in the USA, um, and it's a group I really didn't know very much about. So I was happy to go and represent SPJ, and we're working on some ideas to collaborate. Certainly, um, you know, SPJ can help elevate their message um, among our members and beyond, and. Uh, I'm working with the executive director, Thanos, to come up with some uh, programs. We're planning possibly a webinar in the fall, uh, just so that the two, you know, when, when when journalism organizations collaborate, the message is louder. And uh, so I'm always looking for opportunities to collaborate with our other organizations who have the same focus and mission. And uh, we're happy at SPJ to help foreign press correspondents, certainly. Right. And you mentioned Thanos uh, Dimitris. Yes. He is a very interesting fellow. Uh, he has been on the show before. In fact, our viewers can go to globalconnectionstelevision.com and scroll way down, go down a couple of years, and you'll find a very interesting interview with him that we conducted at the United Nations. I guess it's been about four or five years ago now. Well, you're watching. I just yes, please. Add, uh, if I can just add that, yeah, we are, you know, U.S. based. SPJ focuses on American journalists, and and we, those are most of our members. But a journalist around the world, any journalist is welcome to join our organization. Uh, but we do have a community. It's an online, sort of an online chapter of SPJ called the International Community, and um, run by volunteers from SPJ. And, and they focus on international issues, of course, press freedom being at the top of the list. And there's a link on the SPJ website that um, you can check out to you know, find out the, the different activities they're, they're planning and, and the messages that they're getting out. They do a really great job. Very good. And we encourage our viewers to go to that mm -hmm. spj.org and learn more about it. Well, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station, or perhaps an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you have a podcast, or you just have a computer, you like our shows and you'd like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're taking a look at a very interesting group called Society of Professional Journalists. My guest is an expert on this group. Claire Marie Regan is the 106th president of the Society of Professional Journalists. She has more than 30 years 
of newsroom experience in reporting, editing, design, and management. Claire, we're talking about a variety of issues, variety of topics, and that type of thing, and how important freedom of the press is, and how we all need to work upon it, work on it, not just in this country, but around the world, and it's so critical we do that. I mentioned UNESCO a minute ago, and if our viewers would like more information as to what UNESCO is doing, they can go to www.unesco.org to get some background information, but UNESCO has really been in the forefront on this and has done a, a remarkable job, along with many other groups too. Not They're not out there by themselves. Another group that we haven't had a chance to talk about, but maybe we should for a moment, are the indigenous peoples. We talk about Native Americans. So often, I feel anyway, that uh, many of the issues that were of interest to Native Americans, not just in the United States, but uh, in other countries of the world too, I really haven't gotten a full coverage or at least as full as I would like to see. Let's put it like that. But how are you involving or are you involving folks who are indigenous peoples, uh, Native Americans in this country, or maybe some from other areas of the world? I don't know. You tell me. Well, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest issue that indigenous people face in, in our country is uh, is freedom of the press, the lack of freedom of the press. Uh, I've learned that um, indigenous tribes have different constitutions than we follow, uh, and that does not include freedom of the press. So um, as national president of SPJ, I'm uh, I, I appoint two members to the national board and I appointed um, uh, a wonderful journalist I've known for over 20 years. I met her at the Pointer Institute uh, when we were both um, um, ethics fellows for a year at the Pointer Institute in Florida. And um, her name is Jody Rave Spotted Bear. And uh, she has joined the national board of SPJ and she is helping us raise awareness about indigenous issues. She runs her own website on indigenous issues, and she is a big fighter for the for freedom of the press for the indigenous community. So she's helping us raise awareness, and um, I'm hoping to I'm I'm planning a, a webinar in early fall while I'm still president to um, just to raise awareness about different issues, freedom of the press, the main one, but um, just to help journalists understand how to cover indigenous issues and and just to bring attention to them. So um, yeah, that's 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 what we do in SPJ: raise awareness. And Jody Rave is is a wonderful welcome addition to the board this year. And that would be a, a whole area that would just just have uh, just an immense number of issues that need to be covered. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, just well the, the situation. Just assume some people are living on reservations, that type of thing. They have their own, uh, I guess, legislative bodies. They handle a large part of their internal operations, but there are so many problems that are that are really endemic to those areas, such as uh, poor education, poverty, yep. Yep. you've got uh, human trafficking, which is a major problem, violence against women, that has really come to the surface recently. Mm -hmm. And again, so often these, these problems or issues are just swept under the rug. They don't get that coverage. So this sounds like it has a tremendous opportunity to yeah. focus the spotlight on it. 
Yes, and I just want to I want to put a plug in for NAJA, the Native American Journalists Association, and and mm-hmm. uh, the board member I just mentioned, Jody Rave Spotted Bear. She she just joined their board, and uh, they're doing wonderful things about raising awareness, and and they have a, a conference each year. So I'm hoping to collaborate more with that group as well, SPJ and NAJA, to collaborate together. That would be an excellent idea. Yes, it certainly would be. Do you have any idea of how many journalists are in the Native American community around the United States? I I, I wouldn't know where to begin on this, but it, that it uh, maybe it's just it's an unknown figure that we don't have at this point. But are there other folks with whom you could reach out to to get them involved and to perhaps get them uh, thinking about what's what's taking place right now and how they can help their communities? Well, I'm certainly not an expert on that on those uh, stats, but I can tell you uh, I've learned that of the colleges on reservations across the United States, um, only it's less than one percent of them offer journalism programs. Um, so just to learn that, and you know, that's where SPJ you know could help with some training or or some kind of um, collaboration. And uh, so you know, I think just learning more facts about indigenous journalists and what challenges they face is really important. That's the first step. And I think American journalists, you know, we don't know that much about uh, that community. So I want to get the word out and raise awareness about it. Exactly. Awareness is a critical thing. You have to be aware of the problem. And then we can see what we can do to Mm -hmm. offer some type of assistance to it. Well, before we run out of time, I want to just give you a sort of a free mic type of situation in your many years, three decades more of experience, what recommendations would you make to strengthen the, the that broad rubric of journalism? That, that covers the waterfront from A to, a to Z. You're talking about uh, small weeklies to you know mega newspapers, that type of thing. But what what recommendations would you put out or proffer? to other than join, well, along with <laughs> join the Society of Professional Journalists. But uh, what would you suggest to help strengthen the field of journalism and maybe to give some food to, for thought to younger people who are getting involved in mm-hmm. this? Well, I mean, it's all about storytelling. And, and you know, we have so many different forms of that now tonight, today with the internet and social media. But it's all about storytelling. And then, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, a lot of the the skills are foundation skills to be a good journalist in any format. And uh, at SPJ, one of our gold brands is our code of ethics. Uh, It's been around, it's been around for a long time. We guard it, we revise it, we assess it, um, we protect it, and we live by it. We practice it, the code of ethics. So I would recommend anybody in journalism, interested in journalism, check out spj.org, our code of ethics. It is the industry standard. I mean, a lot of different news organizations have their own codes of ethics, which is great. Uh, ours is the one you find frequently in journalism textbooks. Um, you know, it just has some really great um, pillars that help you carry out your journalism with best practices and my the one i cite the most is to minimize harm and as journalists we can do that um with our work with our storytelling minimize harm for others and um and raising awareness so 
Um, check out the Code of Ethics. I think that's a the, the guiding principle for um, best practices in journalism, no matter what format you work in. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a very good approach and very solid recommendations on what we can do. And, and journalism is going through a, a really a tumultuous period right now. Mm -hmm. We see that. We see that so many of the, the root, well, the journalists are being laid off. They're we're not getting the news the way we should be. Investigative journalism has taken quite a hit. So it's it's really a, a very, very difficult situation and one that's going to not be helpful for our society in the long run. So hopefully we can reverse that. Well, we have unfortunately developed these news deserts across the country where uh, the local newspaper has either folded or reduced its, its uh, publication down to you know, or even its its website, whatever way it, it disseminates news, but down to only once, twice, three times a week. And mm -hmm. that just leads to misinformation, the proliferation of misinformation. So, um, yes. you know, we need journalists in every community. We need to guard. We do. I'm a community journalist. I'm a hyper-local journalist. I worked for a, a local newspaper in New York City, the Staten Island Advance. So I value local journalism. It really maintains democracy and keeps communities together and um and 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 stops the proliferation of misinformation. So that is a perfect way to close it. I'm yeah. so glad you said that because we have a fire hose of misinformation, disinformation, and lies that are mm -hmm. taking place out there. But Claire Marie Regan, I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative program. Thank you, Bill. I'm glad you're an SPJ member. <laughs> My pleasure. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.